Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. I think my voice just cracked on that intro. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about a standardized test question that's going to pertain more to adults, but it's something that I've been reading a lot about lately, and I wanted to talk about it because I think it's, it's a question that people are wondering all the time. Here is the question. If you are applying to business school, uh, an MBA program, master's business, a master's in business administration, what test should you take? Because there are two options. You can either take the GMAT or the GRE. So let me tell you a little bit about the difference. If you are considering business school and you're not familiar with these two tests, let me tell you about them real quickly. The GRE is a test that people will take when applying to a whole suite of graduate programs. It's kind of like the SAT for grad school in general. Now, historically, the GMAT was what you had to take just for business school. It was a special test. But recently, a lot of business schools have now been saying, you know what, we'll take the GRE also. You don't have to take this special test. Now, they did do that so that people who want to apply to either graduate school or a business program, they can just take one test and apply to the schools. Apply to both business schools and graduate programs, keep their options open. But they will still take the GMAT as well. And the GMAT, you know, if you take the GMAT, you are 100% like, well, likely 100% want to go to business school because it has no other application anywhere else. So now that this option is there, And not for every school, by the way, but there's a lot of schools that take the GRE, a lot of great schools that take the GRE. If you're thinking about going to business school, which one should you take? That's the question, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And moreover, we're going to we're going to talk about the differences in the test. Hopefully you can use you can get an understanding of the two tests, what they entail, how they're different and figure out which one you want to take. Now, if we look at the Magoosh blog, and Magoosh is an awesome test prep company. I love this company. I actually interviewed Chris Leleif on on my show not too long ago talking about standardized tests. They made this really cool infographic that has all this awesome information about both tests, and it compares them. So let's so let I'm gonna go through this infographic a little bit and talk about some of the differences, and I'm even gonna share some some sample problems. So first of all, if we look at how many people take the GRE versus the GMAT every year, there's around 650,000 students that take the GRE and around 250,000 that take the GMAT. And that makes sense because, again, the GRE is for grad programs in general. People who take the GRE is anybody who's hoping to get a master's or go to business school. And GMAT is just those guys 
going to business school. Now, if you're looking at who takes the GRE, what, how many business schools actually accept it? Over 1,100 universities and organizations now have business programs that accept the GRE. But this number is growing daily. So constantly check and see and make sure this is still up to date. And, you know, th then we have also here for business schools, there's over 1,700 universities and organizations that accept the GMAT. Schools on this list that take the GRE are probably a lot of the really amazing programs that you've heard of. Schools like Harvard, MIT, uh, I mean, the list goes on. There's so many. So you really have, it's not just, for example, you know, you shouldn't think that it's the really prestigious schools still stick to the GMAT. That's not how it is anymore. So you really do have the option. Let's talk about cost. Now, cost, it's a marginal difference as far as which one's more expensive to take. I wouldn't really even think about it, but if you do want to know, it's 195 to take the GRE and 250 again, according to this infographic, I'm a goosh to take the GMAT. So you save a little money if you take the GRE, but I really wouldn't use that to decide. Now, a couple other things. If we look at the GRE, you may be in an area of the world where they don't offer computer testing. Now, both of these tests are primarily taken on a computer. If that's the case, you can take a paper version of the test for the GRE. GMAT, uh-uh, can't do that. It's got to be taken on a computer. So that's, that's one restriction that you should be aware of. Now let's get into really what the what's different about the content because this is where this is what you should pay attention to and this is what you should use when deciding which test to take. We're talking about the GRE. Here's what you have. You have sentence equivalence, reading comprehension, critical reasoning, text completion. And there's a big emphasis on vocabulary, sort of like the old SAT. If you're looking at the GMAT, Instead, we got sentence correction, still got reading comprehension, critical reasoning. The emphasis is not on vocabulary, it's on grammar. We also look at the GRE, we've got different types of questions. We've got choose all answers that apply, choose a sentence in the passage, multiple choice. For the GMAT, it's all multiple choice. And I'd say for the GRE, we're, we're, we're thinking about learning words. We're, we're really understanding how to use these different words. And we're, I'm going to give you a sample problem in a second. But again, big vocabulary is going to bode well for you. When we're talking about the GMAT, no, it's, it's not so much about that. It's about grammar. Knowing your clauses and commas uh, won't just help you on sentence correction, but on the rest of the GMAT verbal as well. So pick up a grammar primer pronto. So now let's look at two different questions. We'd say... Tentative, fearful, even. This is GRE. Tentative, fearful, even. His first forays into the theatrical arts were hardly blank. I should say unheralded, auspicious, restrained, unpropitious. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Unpropitious or satisfactory. And this one, since tentative, fearful, even. His first forays. So if somebody's real scared going into the theatrical arts, you think, well, maybe they're not going to do as great as you would imagine or like to. And that's why auspicious would be the word here. You know, it's, it's hardly auspicious, hardly a great thing, hardly did very well. And I think this is a harder level question too. These are some bigger words that 
are not as commonplace. And now look at the GMAT question. Major League Baseball policy prohibits use of anabolic steroids, HGH, and no illegal drugs. So the and no is underlined. Of course, that's incorrect. But we got to figure out what to replace it with. So is it prohibits the use of anabolic steroids, HGH, and any illegal drugs, or any illegal drugs, or no illegal drugs, so on and so forth. So you got to figure that out. And here it's important to note that when we say prohibits use of, we don't want to say prohibits use of this, this, and no this, because that's a double negative. So we say prohibits the use of this, this, and this, or this, this, or this. And in this case, we would use the or. Prohibits use of anabolic steroids, HGH, or any illegal drugs. So all of those, if we say and, it kind of implies that the use of all of them together is restricted, but that's not the case. It's that you can't use this, this, or this. Can't use any of them. Or you can't use them together as well, but it doesn't have to be in concert for it to be restricted. I would say that if you are a non-native speaker of English, my suspicion is that the GRE would be tougher because these are they're using a lot of obscure words that really only are learned when you're using the language all the time, reading a lot, etc. I would say that instead the grammar is probably going to be, I've seen, man, I've seen a lot of people who are non-native speakers and their grammar is better than native English speakers. So it seems that the GMAT in this case might be might be better choice. Now let's talk about the math. So they essentially cover the same topics. We got arithmetic, algebra, geometry, data interpretation, and word problems. Typically, people say that the GMAT math is harder than the GRE math. I tend to, I find this to be the case from the questions that I've looked at, but this may not always be the case. What The way I look at the GRE math is it's very much more similar to to SAT math, the GMAT math is, I feel like it's it's closer to real world applications of math, and the problems can be. I I think that I think that the GMAT math could be easier for some people if you get enough practice and you get familiar with the test format. What I can say is, since I'm so comfortable and familiar with ACT and SAT math, the math format, GRE is just it's like the exact same to me. I could go in and take it tomorrow and it'd be identical to my SAT math score. I assume. It seems to it seems very similar. But I, I think you should try both because even though people generally say the GMAT math is harder, I think it, it may not be the case. And we go through these next sample problems. I'm going to show you a perfect example where I think a lot of people will look at this GMAT problem and say, well, this is actually easier than the GRE. But we'll, well, I'll get to it in a second. When we talk about the types of problems... We got it on the GRE multiple choice, multiple answer, and I'm going to, sh- this question down here is a multiple answer. Numeric entry and quantitative comparisons. On the GMAT, we've got problem solving with multiple choice and also some data sufficiency problems. So on the GRE, now this is an important distinction. The GRE, you can use a calculator. Now I bet you a lot of people claim that the GRE math is easier because you can use a calculator. But that could actually give you an advantage on the GMAT if your mental math is good. So the GMAT, no calculator. You got to get familiar with carrying out operations sans calculator. But like for me, I love mental math. My mental math is is pretty pretty darn solid. 
So the GMAT may actually be a better option if I were to choose one or the other. So now let's go through a sample GRE question. If x is greater than 0 and two sides of a certain triangle have lengths 2x plus 1 and 3x plus 4 respectively, which of the following could be the length of the third side? Now this is a third side of a triangle question. And you got to know the rule for this, otherwise you you can't answer this question. So this is a question that if you don't know the rule, you're done. And this is, again, a slightly obscure rule. The rule is, if you know two sides of a triangle, the third side has to be less than the sum of those two sides, but it also has to be greater than the difference of those two sides. It's a really weird rule. If you try to draw out a triangle, though, and bearing this in mind, just like with all sorts of different sides, you'll see that if you try to draw the third side either larger than the sum of those two, it's impossible. If you try and draw it smaller than the difference of those two, it's also impossible. So it's th that's what the rule is based on. Don't know the rule, you can't get it. But it ends up being there's three choices. So you basically combine those two. So you got 2x plus 1 and 3x plus 4. You add them together and you get 5x plus 5. So any answer choices that are gr that is greater than 5x plus 5, out the door. And there's 5x plus 6, and we know that that can't, that can't work. Then we take the difference, you get x plus 3. That's the difference. So we have an x plus 2 option, gone. And the rest are all good, the rest are fine. It's a hard question. Again, if you know the rule, it's not so bad. But some people might consider that tougher. Now let's look at the GMAT. The profits of QRS company rose 10% from March to April dropped 20% from April to May, and rose 50% from May to June. What was the percent increase for the whole quarter from March to June? The way to handle this problem, I, I see, see, I find this to be not, I feel like most more people would get this problem. But the what some people might do is be like, oh, plus 10, minus 20, and then plus 50. So most people might get 40%. It's gone up by 40%. But they're not actually I don't think most people would do that. Some people might do that. But what you really got to do is that that's not how it works. Instead, you could an easy way to instead what you do is you say, "Hey, if it rises by 10%, whatever it is, we're multiplying it by 1.1, right? To show an increase of 10%. If we're dropping it by 20%, we got to multiply by 0.8, right? Cuz it's now going to be 80% of what it was before. And then if we're raising by 50%, we multiply by 1.5 to show that increase. So it ends up not being 40%. I'll give you an example. If we pretend we started 100%, we're rising by 10%. We're now going to be up at $110. We don't drop then. When it says, hey, we dropped 20%, we don't drop then by $20. Because 20% is of 110 is not 20. Now it's 22 so now we drop $22 and then you see what I mean? So it changes every time. It's all relative. And what you end up getting is if you do the multiplication that I that I outlined before, you see you end up with $132 by the end, right? If you do 1.1 times 0.8 times 1.5, you get 1.32. Or if you're starting with $100, you get $132. It's a raise of 32%. The test times are almost equivalent. Three hours and 45 minutes for the GRE, three hours and 30 minutes for the GMAT. So again, 
that's my my general thought is if you if you're really choosing between the two, I would take both. See which one you seem to be getting a better score in. A 326 on a scale, you can get a max of a 340 on the GRE. A 326 is about 90th percentile. On the GMAT, you can get up to an 800, and a 700 would be 90th percentile. Take both practice tests, see which one you're stronger with, see which one feels more natural, and I would likely stick with that. But there's a little caveat here. Some of the more prestigious schools, like Harvard Business School, have said that even though I'm for all intents and purposes, they don't give preference to one test or the other. According to the stats, candidates who take the GMAT do seem to fare a little bit better when getting into these schools. So take it for what it is. It seems that they're, it seems the data seems to support that you're a little bit better off taking the GMAT if you know you want to go to business school. But that could also be that could also be selection bias. That could be that people who are more more people who take still take the GMAT who are applying to business school, they may get more applicants with GMAT scores. I don't know. I, that, that could be part of it. But this is another article from U.S. News has mentioned this fact that you may want to think about the GMAT. If, if you're relatively even on both, you may want to probably take the GMAT if you're really sure about business school and want to show business schools that this is what you want more than anything. All right, well, that's it. I hope that was helpful. I hope that gives you some insight. If you have any questions about this decision, feel free to email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. If you want to check out this infographic, it will be in the show notes, which you can get at www.scalarlearning.com. Just go to the podcast section. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Learning. Give me that skin